Hello there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today is Monday. It is June 27th. Severinth. It's June 27th. The year 2022. And on this evening's broadcast, we have a good friend of ours coming back. He comes on with us every last Monday of the month. His name is Richard Barris. Richard Barris, Dick Barris for short, that's his detective name, peoplespunditdaily.com. He is not only the most accurate pollster and most honest pollster, a scientist in that respect, in the United States of America, but he's also a tremendous friend and a great social commentator, so we're going to be able to have uh, a lot of fun tonight, and there's plenty to talk about because it is demon season. It has come... It is here, and uh, the night on Bald Mountain continues to get crazier and crazier. Of course, all has to do with uh, child sacrifice. People are very upset that that has been compromised in some way, and that the decision-making therein will be localized a little bit more. And um, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Supreme Court is on a tear. There's a lot of a lot even going on in the uh, the New York Supreme Court today. I don't know if you heard about this, but the Supreme Court of my home state of New York has actually stopped, struck down New York City's attempt of giving nearly a million people, a little bit over 800,000 people, illegal aliens voting rights for local elections. Which means that you will never, there will never be an honest election in New York City again. Uh, especially since many people in New York City are starting to get upset with the current order there. So um, that, that, that crosses race, lines of race, that crosses li- lines of income, any other kind of background where you've uh, immigrated from. So people are becoming a little bit more upset out there, and the current ruling order in New York City wanted to make sure that they can add a gigantic new layer, new layer, of controllable underclass that will wipe out any of their opposition. But uh, the New York Supreme Court has actually done something really incredible on in that respect. So we got that. We have other things going on. I'm going to get to those in just a hot second. So in the meantime, I want to let you know that tonight is my last night in, uh, well, for, for right now. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm not going to be in studio. I'll be back in studio on on Wednesday evening. Tomorrow morning, I'll be kicking off down that dusty trail, I-95 and wherever else, to go and um, and join in on whatever is going to be part of tomorrow night's TimCast IRL 8 p.m. broadcast. That's usually a like a panel kind of a thing, so it's not like I'm the only guest, and I don't know who I'm going to be on with, and who knows? Hopefully it's a warm reception, and we all have a good time, and I, got to pl- I get to play somebody's drums. That would be nice. I heard that he has a couple of drum kits over there. Maybe a, maybe a jam breaks out. Anyway, that's what's going on tomorrow. And then we have Chrissy Mayer in studio on Wednesday night. Just got to hang out with Chrissy. Chrissy and her uh, and her boyfriend, Frank, good friends of ours from way back when. We got to hang out with them on, on Saturday when we went to the Minds Festival of Ideas in New York City, put on by Bill Altman, who was here last weekend, and that was that was tremendous. Although I talked about a little bit, like the whole the atmosphere inside of a 
inside of a meet and greet situation like that. You can't really, you, there's nothing really you can, you can do unless you have someone in there that knows everybody and is making introductions and, and vouching for each other. You can't walk up to someone. You just can't do it. Uh, unless they're Tulsi Gabbard, of course, because she was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, just take it easy. You take it easy and you hope that one day people are a little bit more comfortable and you, you strike up a good conversation and you can make friends. But it was cool to be rubbing shoulders with some of those uh, those folks. And, of course, we had a couple of really cold beverages because the place was 127 degrees exactly at the hotel meet and greet place, this penthouse or whatever the hell. It was 127 degrees. I don't know what the hell anybody was thinking over there. Turn on the damn something. The air conditioner. What do they call it? The air conditioner? Well, that's what that's going on there. We have Dr. Sean Morton coming on with us uh, coming on with us on Thursday. That should pretty be uh, that should be pretty cosmic and awesome. Um, Jay Gulinello on Friday, July 1st. We'll be talking about nutrition. Remember Jay is our based nutritionist. And then Monday <coughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. On Monday, July 5th, I'm taking that Oh no, Tuesday, July 5th, I'm taking that off. So I'll be back July 6th with Adam Krigler. Then Ping Trip is coming on, Kip Herridge, Leo Zagami, Jeff Harmon, the astrologer, Timothy Alberino, Sean from the SGT report and Corey Diggs, George Alexopoulos and Razorfist. They will be on at the same time with me on July 19th. G. Edward Griffin, trying to get him locked down for July 20th, but don't know. I think he's putting together a Red Pill Expo somewhere in the country. I'm trying to get information on that too so I can plug it, but it's been a little bit tough going with his, um, his, uh, his interns. And much more coming your way. So thank you to our sponsors tonight. BlueMonsterPrep.com. Go ahead. Get on out there. Buy that food. Buy that water filtration. Use the promo code. Talk to Pat and Gina. Go and take the steps that you have been saying to yourself. You know, I got to get something. Just a couple of months of something. You know, just some noodles. Whatever the hell it is. Lock it up somewhere nice. So, BlueMonsterPrep.com. It is never, never a bad time to be carousing and sifting through that internet superstore for all of your preparedness needs. And unlike other places, you have top of the line, customized, personalized, intimate customer relations with Pat and Gina, BlueMonsterPrep.com. So go ahead and check them out. Let's get into the grab bag. I went live early tonight because I wanted to do more on the grab bag. It's 7.01. We have 25 minutes until... until uh, Rich, what's his name? Richard Barris comes on. Number one, New York Post. Bill Gates' purchase of North Dakota farmlands has locals livid. You remember how they were saying, oh, it's just a, it's just a myth. Bill Gates is not buying up all the, the, the farmland. Well, he continues to do so. So just forget about all the idiots who are telling you nothing to see here. Apparently, they have been, uh, they have been promised a steady, a steady flow of, of, uh, of beef while everybody else has been moved forcibly to the cricket diet. Just tell everybody that nothing's happening. We'll give you the beef. An entity with ties to billionaire Bill Gates bought 2,100 acres of potato farmland in northern North, North Dakota. 
prompting the state's top prosecutor to intervene after complaints from local residents. Good. Public records cited by AG Week show the Gates-linked Red River Trust bought the farmland from the owners of Campbell Farms, a potato farming group that is headquartered in Grafton, North Carolina, which is about 50 miles from the Canadian border. North Dakota Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring told KFYR that public reaction to the purchase has been largely negative. Quote, I've gotten a big earful on this from clear across the state. It's not even from that neighborhood, said Goring. Those people are upset, but there are others that are livid about this. Oh boy, good, good. Keep that snakeskin creep away from everything. And everybody that, that, that rubs shoulders with them. That's number one. What else do we have here? This is pretty funny. This should make you chuckle. This is from uh, Paul Joseph Watson's Summit News. Headline, new bill would mandate Federal Reserve to promote racial and economic justice. Even though, I mean, aside from this just being hilarious and also infuriating to see the, the lengths that these crazies will go to create separate tiers and actually instill a new caste system that they control. Um, it's also infuriating just to be able to realize it's the Federal Reserve and the people that control it and work with it and through it that was able to destroy economic justice for so many people through inflation, through the gobbling up of, through financing uh, companies like BlackRock and everything else. Um, this is huge. It's huge. It's a slap in the face. And the fact that the Federal Reserve, which is a dying corrupt entity, is going to come in here according to this new bill and equalize things for the races is just a, it's a laugh riot. A new bill would extend the Federal Reserve's mandate to promote racial and economic justice. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. Their mandate, their mandate. There, there, there's no place where the Federal Reserve should actually exist, period. Now it has a new mandate. H.R. 2543 would expand the Federal Reserve's existing dual mandate of maintaining price stability and full employment to focus on promoting racial and economic justice in borrowing, housing, and lending. So once again, just like with, just like with uh, federally backed school loans, they are going to give mortgages to people who would not even be able to afford the rent in a trailer park. And then, and then what happens? Then what happens? And they're going to continue with their their forced integration programs and all that shit. And it's not going to work out because this, this is not legitimate. But then again, it's all cloward piven. Push it along, implode it all, and then uh, swoop in to pick up the scraps. Okay, here's another one from the New York Post. Uh, professional booster notches 100th shopping bust and is released again in New York. Isn't that tremendous? A professional booster, a thief, with an alleged penchant for shoplifting at Manhattan retailers, notched what could be her 100th bust over the weekend and was released without bail yet again on Sunday. I'm sure that they gave gave um, this person, Michelle, Michelle McKelly, 42 years old, some nice Metropolitan tickets. I'm talking about the baseball Metropolitans. I'm sure that they'll throw in some Lincoln Center tickets as well soon, too. They could steal all the cutlery there. Michelle McKelly, 42 years old, was arrested late last Saturday 
for allegedly pocketing $125 worth of goods from a CVS in Lower Manhattan and then was freed under the state's uh, soft-on-crime criminal justice reform. Prosecutors said Manhattan Criminal Court Sunday that McKelly was fa- has failed to appear in court 27 times on her multitude of past arrests and has five other pending cases. But just doesn't matter anymore because the, uh, the inmates are ruling the asylum. And it is the perfect story for Pride Month, which is, which is dwindling down to its final hours. Thank God Almighty. It's the perfect story for Pride Month because Michelle is actually a mentally ill man in a wig. Take a look at that. There you go. <laughs> There's... <laughs> oh. Oh, happy day. There you go. Well, anyway. 100's a charm. Okay, let's move on to something else. Here we go again from New York, but some good news. Court strikes down New York City law granting voting rights to non-citizen residents. Non-citizens living in New York, illegal aliens, illegal aliens living in New York City will not be allowed to vote in local elections. Oh, the, the travesty, travesty. You know, we were talking about this with Danny Katz, per, uh, uh, propaganda, how these articles are written to, you know, with, telling you something without telling it to you. Everything about this is, a, is tragic. Everything about this is tragic, even though this was a an overture that was made by the New York City Council to over 800,000 people that shouldn't even be in the country, or should at least be going through the process of making themselves known to the country, known legal entities. Um, because that has been an overture that was merely a couple of months old, and it has been stopped from being implemented, oh my gosh, it's as if you had disenfranchised one million fifth-generation Americans. There's, there's really, they have destroyed the idea of citizenship. They destroyed the privileges of citizenship for everybody. For everybody. A judge blocked the measure on Monday, good, after New York became the first city in the nation to grant those rights to non-citizens back in January. The law would have allowed nearly one million people to vote in the city's municipal elections, but the CBS2's uh, Christina Fan reports Republicans challenged the measure and won. Good. The day before the primary election, it's a major blow for voting rights advocates. It's just, it, you can't, you, there's no reasoning. There's no reasoning with it. They keep saying immigrants pay taxes, we're taxpayers too. I'll say it again. I can go and schedule myself a nice little boat trip over to the Mediterranean and dock in Italy. I can make my way up the boot and I can find myself a nice basement apartment someplace from somebody who's willing to rent it to me. I go and get myself a nice little job at a local, local fish market and nobody says two words about me. I go into a Italian Walmart and pick up a toaster. The sales tax on the toaster does not make me a citizen. But there is no America to these people. It is only a corpse to be picked apart. And here's another one, World Net Daily. Like I said, the Supreme Court has been on a roll. The courts have been on a roll lately. Really interesting couple of weeks. I'm sure we'll talk about all this with Rich Barris tonight. Headline from World Net Daily. Supreme Court rules on coaches' right to pray at school games. 
The high school football coach fired by his district for his belief, solitary uh, uh, for his, uh, his brief solitary prayers following his team's football games has won his free speech fight at the U.S. Supreme Court. The 6-3 ruling included multiple uh, concurrences and lone dissent filed by three leftist judges on the bench. Written for the majority by Justice Neil Gorsuch, the opinion came in the case involving Joe Kennedy, who was dismissed by the Bremerton School District in Washington State over his prayers. His case to the high court charged that Bremerton was hostile to his faith uh, and prayers. Which happened after the field uh, happened after the field had cleared after the end of the games. The court majority held the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect an individual engaging in a personal religious observance from government reprisal. The Constitution neither mandates nor permits the government to suppress such religious expression. One questions. No one questions that Mr. Kennedy seeks to engage in a sincerely motivated religious exercise involving giving thanks through prayer. Briefly, on a playing field at the conclusion of each game he coaches, the majority said, the contested ex exercise here does not involve leading prayer with the team. The district disciplined Mr. Kennedy only for his decision to persist in praying quietly without his students after three games in October of 2015. They said that the, district, the district's challenged policies were neither neutral nor generally applicable. But here's the thing. Uh, whereas it's a great victory, especially for him, too, and for everybody else. Here's David Frum, a fish-faced loser from Twitter. He tweeted about this, and he said, The Supreme Court opens way for rousing chants of Allahu Akbar before high school sporting events, which just goes to show that no matter what, it always comes back down to the hatred, the visceral hatred of Christianity. The visceral hatred of Christianity. The issue was about the ability for someone to say a respectful prayer on a ball field. It did not say a respectful Christian prayer on a ball field. But of course, people like David Frum, this fish-faced loser bastard, they try to use this and everything else to agitate Christians with references to Islam. And I guess this is supposed to be a dunk on Christians, even though he has weaponized Islam to agitate people. Like, what does that mean? You know, it's, where is this going to happen? But of course, it's all about agitating Christians. It's about visceral, unending, boundless hatred. That's what they have. That's what all the left is, which is why they're losing everyone. We'll be right back. I have a little bit more to do. I want to do some media reaction and some general, uh, you know, general degradation updates from around the country from Roe versus Wade before we have Rich Barrison. So take this moment right now to share this wherever the hell you're watching it. It could be on DLive, Theta, Foxhole, which is on QuiteFrankly.tv, Twitch, Rumble, YouTube, and Rockfin. We'll be back in just a moment. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. 
That's why we're going back! Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! So happy to be here. So happy to be here kicking off the week in a way that I always enjoy with Rich Barris. He's a great, great guest, good friend, great guy to talk to, and I don't have to prepare that much because he's just going to go. He will just go. Now, in the meantime, I guess it's very, it's, um, you probably have seen it. Now, my weekend consisted of trying to stay a little bit separated from all that and it's a nice time to take a breath because I do this for a living. I would like to, um, I like to look at things other than this, the insanity around us, especially since I know, I know how bad it is, but I've noticed it just has, as you have, but I want to put a little bit together to show you what happened. What have we been seeing the last 12, 24, 36 hours since the, the wonderful ruling the ruling, the opinion that was given to rightfully reverse 50 years of nonsense um, that is completely unconstitutional, and that is not even touching the moral quandary of abortion, which has, has just devolved even further than what it is on a base level. So much it's become a, uh, it, it underpins a lot of the the culture and it's it's celebrated in many ways in leftist circles and that is the wheel that is usually squeakiest and gets the most oil these days so with that being said let's just jump right on to what we have over here thank you so much for tuning in a couple of updates from over the weekend here you go this is from this is from yahoo news Yahoo News, Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong tells fans he's renouncing his U.S. citizenship over Supreme Court ruling, to which I say, cool, great, one less whiny bitch. He's renouncing it. He says, F America, fuck America, Armstrong said on stage for the Hella Mega Tour, his band is headlining along with Weezer and Fall Out Boy and others, I'm effing renouncing my citizenship, I'm effing coming here, good, good. Goodbye, whiny bitch. Moving on to another um, group of idiots. Here's Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine, in other related news, they really dislike black children. Rage Against the Machine to donate nearly $500,000 from concert tickets because it's about $500,000 per ticket, those filthy capitalists, from concert tickets to pro-abortion organizations. So these washed-up, confused rabble-rousers are donating half a million dollar, half a million dollars to um, Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood slaughterhouse. 
Good for you, you freaks. Confused. You want to talk about confused rebels? My gosh. And we go on from there. There was one girl I saw. You can call her that. Uh, I, there was one girl I saw that did a video, made a video of herself packaging up her period blood and mailing it to Brett Kavanaugh's house because if you didn't know, every last one of the conservative justices' addresses have been circulating and pushed around to make sure that people are there by 7 p.m. every night to make sure nobody in the neighborhood sleeps, even though all the justices are probably out of town or in a secondary bunker location or something. So they're mailing period blood, and they call themselves patriots for doing so. Once again, they know not what they do. They're absolute retards. I don't want to use it, but I have to. It's clinical. They're gone. There's, there's, There's something very wrong. This is a clinical diagnosis I'm making. Retardation. Here is the YAF showing you just a lot of people. Uh, this, this came up a lot. In fact, up until a little while ago on Twitter, both the trending topics Hail Satan and Church of Satan were once again trending and populating interesting responses all day because a lot of leftists, they have, they have gotten very cozy with the Church of Satan. Uh, which uh, com- which is a, is a completely, it's a farcical organization. It is It does nothing but antagonizes Christians, and they call it a religion. But then again, then again, they do have rituals, one of which is an abortion. And uh, people on the Internet who probably have not gone to church or said a prayer in many, many years, they have gotten very cozy with the Church of Satan because they are, they just, just like how upfront they are. And, um, oh, there's nothing about it. it it's so... It's incredible to see people get roped in. It's incredible to see what happens as it all keeps circling the drain, what bedfellows are made, uh, what excuses are made for why bedfellows have been made. Here are some protesters in D.C. over the weekend chanting, Hail Satan, and harassing uh, D.C. tourists. Take a listen to this um, very classy lady. And then, of course, they also fight back. They have to twerk and show you their asses because just histrionics, you know, histrionic women especially, um, uh, sexual promiscuity is really just part of, of their what gets triggered in them. It just they, it has to come out. Yeah, somebody says, hey, you ain't got no ass. And it gets a really upset. Then they start getting upset because, of course, this is the only thing they have in their lives for the couple of years that they have it. And then, of course, when they, when they get older and the ass starts sagging and everything starts going south and they're still alone and miserable, then they have to, they have to move on to something else. That's when they actually start casting spells. That's when they become, they, they move into the, you know, take baths and chamomile and all that stuff. Wait, listen to this. Fuck you, ugly You Look at you. Look at you. Did you see that? Did you just hear that? I wanted to play it into that point. He called her ugly. After you, they're going back and forth. She comes back. She said, fuck you, faggot ass bitch. She, it's Pride Month. How dare she? 
You guys heard it, right? That is what's living underneath the surface. That's what's living underneath the surface. They throw the words around. They, they throw the words around. They're derogatory. They do all the things that they want to beat out of other people. They are completely out of control. Here's one woman. This is a, uh, this is, this is a, a funny little act that this passive creep puts on. Listen to this. So we all see what has happened with this Roe versus Wade situation. We already knew this was how it was going to go down. For everybody who's in podcast land, we have a real winner here. Uh, you have a chubby black woman inside of a car with a full-brimmed blue and pink hat on, uh, blue lipstick, uh, several nose rings, including a bull ring and a blue something or other, hoop earrings and a whole lot of, I don't know, what she thinks of herself. I think she believes that she's Calypso from Pirates of the Caribbean. She's got this, like, Calypso goddess of the sea thing she's trying to, she's trying to uh, invoke. But, of course, she's just a worthless racist nut job talking to a phone alone in a car. That's usually what it is. They're alone in a car. If you were outside the car walking by, eating your lunch, having a drink, you would see a lonely, weird woman in a costume getting very intimate with a phone, and it's just, this is the, the, the state of things. Dear white women, listen. I'm Calypso. You're only playing this if you value your life, is to shut the fuck up. Listen exclusively to black, brown, and indigenous women, femmes, and non-men. Throw every resource you have and use your privilege to back us in every way. Yes, do that or else I'll shrink your head. Please, white women. White women, give us your money so I can buy another stupid fucking hat. Go ahead, white women. You dummies. You dummies. You're, create, you, uh, you're all monsters. You're all monsters. It's just unbelievable. Here's another one. Libs from TikTok. Put this one out here. Oh, this, this Sean, Sean Lynn. She worked for, I think worked, for Sarah Bush Health Center. Okay, this is in central Illinois. She said, I prescribe meds, and she doubled down on this later on. I prescribe meds. I can also choose not to prescribe them. So, from now on, if you are a white male who votes conservative, your penis needs to ask God for the power to rise. No more Viagra for you. She doubled down on that later on, which, you know what, this is... um, and, I, and, I, and it was brought to the attention of the medical center, and I think they were able to actually, something was actually done about it. Who knows? But that is going to be a very serious thing that we're going to have to deal with. Very serious thing. A majority, like teachers, a majority of people going into nursing and medical school are virulently leftist. So guard yourself. It's going to be very hard for someone like me 
You know, if I had the beliefs I had and I just kept to myself and I, and I worked my days as a plumber or an electrician, then maybe I can, I can float through here. But there, there, there's going to be a lot of, I'm telling you, that's going to be serious. That's a serious situation right there. Here is uh, everybody's favorite insect lady, Lori Lightfoot, probably at a gay pride event, uh, allowing the demon to speak through her. She says, uh, just straight out, fuck Clarence Thomas, which I don't, I, I'm, it's, in, it's interesting to me why he has been really targeted the most. If you read Clarence Thomas' concurrence, he said, thank you, fuck Clarence Thomas. Oh, you Thomas! There you go. That's, that's, that's the woman who oversees this city right here, where, again, over the weekend, a baby, a five-month-old baby among five people killed, 22 wounded in weekend shootings across Chicago. Every weekend, every extended holiday weekend, you have 60 to 80 people who are shot in her uh, her city. And that's what she's doing. That's what she's doing. And the, like I said, the vitriol that is aimed at uh, Justice Clarence Thomas is, is unreal. I mean, Thomas, uh, Thomas certainly knows how many black children were murdered at American, uh, by American abortion culture. But uh, Lori Lightfoot could not give a shit. She oversees a, a slaughterhouse of her own over there in Chicago. So once again, you see this happening all throughout. And never forget uh, the study that Pew Research put out in March of 2020, especially about liberal women. Um, the more liberal you get, the more, the more affected by mental conditions they are. This is white liberals according to um, white liberal scale, white liberals broken down by age. You can see from 18 to about 49, it is disastrous. Disastrous. And then 50 to about 65 plus, there's a little bit more of a chance of having a reasonable conversation with a white liberal woman. And then when you get to moderate views and then conservative views, it goes goes, uh, again, down, down, down. But the newer generation... 18 to 29, there's something going on there. There's something else going on there because that peaks across all of those, those categories. And then you have this, non-white and white, so you can think about Calypso and uh, everybody else you've seen over the weekend. Same exact thing. Very, the more liberal you go, the more, you are, uh, the more you're crazy. But, um, but them white libs, man, wow. I mean, they're the ones getting most of the abortions too. Remember that. The white liberals are white liberal women are the ones getting most of the abortions, but they they use black women as a moral shield for why it needs to keep up. It's always about you know this mostly affects black women. Are you sure? Because I mean we know the toll it's taken over the years, but uh, the statistics bear something else out here. So even there, they need to be playing savior. Seven twenty nine. Okay, well, I guess I can save it. I mean, I had this. I'll play this one last thing because I was going to jump into these losers from, the, from the, uh, the view spewing out one canard after another about, you know, they're coming for, they're coming for your interracial marriages now, all that stuff. I, you know what? I'm glad that they're, 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 they're freaked out um, because they're just ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. Um, I do want to play one nice little opinion that floated around the internet. Here's a, uh, a a girl. Her name is Michelle. She was on TikTok 
54 seconds. I think she spoke some reasonable truth here about what has actually happened culturally on this particular issue of abortion. You know who the left should blame for the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Not the Supreme Court, not Christians, not conservatives, not Republicans, not pro-lifers. The only ones they should be blaming are themselves. It is 100% their fault Roe got overturned. A lot of people, myself included at one point in time, could sympathize with the scared teenager, with the drug addict who had no business bringing a baby into this world. We could understand that we didn't like it, we didn't agree with it, but we could at least understand it. We went from safe, legal, and rare to up to the moment of birth. We gave you an inch and you took a mile. We drew the line when you decided that you should be able to murder a fully formed infant up to the moment it exits your body. You have no one to blame but yourselves. Boom. Bingo. Bingo. In layman's terms, that's what you got. All right. Without further ado, let us call up our good friend Rich, who is probably waiting so patiently, patiently, in the waiting room on Zoom. Richard Barris, are you there? Rich? Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Laura just called him like, goodbye. He's calling right now. Goodbye. <laughs> and here we are. Dude, you know what? Yeah, man. Looking forward to these, these calls. Really, I think it makes the months go by five times faster than they already were. For me, at least. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. And I just uh, put out on Twitter, I said, uh, weekly. I fixed it everywhere else, but you can't edit Twitter. And I'm so, like, no, it's monthly. Hey, uh, I mean, which, look, yeah, t this one, I, I'll tell you what. It, Frank, this is so much to talk about. It's ridiculous. Well, where do we start? Because obviously the theme of tonight's show from the beginning was that the the, the courts in general are on a roll. Um, I mean, some things we have talked about the nuance, and, and we've, we've had shows breaking down the jurisdiction. Even if we think that some rulings are objectively good from a federalist standpoint, where is the, where is the, the uh, Article Three court's jurisdiction begin and end? We've done that, especially when it comes to the New York concealed carry uh, thing, but we had the main school choice ruling. Uh, we had, of course, Roe versus Wade. We, we have the the, the guy who prayed on the, the football field, that was today, the First Amendment there. I mean, where, where do we start? Obviously, the big thing is Roe versus Wade. So um, where would you want to go? You know, just, and, and this obviously has to deal with Roe as well, but everything really that you just wrapped up in there, you know, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but, uh, well, he said it after I said it, but the bottom line is it proves uh, that the election of 2016, was uh, the most consequential election in at least at least a century um you know and i would and i have long said this that donald trump's going to be remembered for a few things whether he comes back or not which i do think he is coming back and i think he's going to beat whoever the democrats put up pretty easily uh but you know i always looked at other things frank you know i mean this is definitely a huge win uh for and i hate to say a huge win for the right because i know a lot of people who now are pro-life who weren't you know who you played in that clip before uh what she said she made a lot of sense um you know the country has changed it isn't the 1990s anymore when pro uh choice had this huge 15 20 point uh lead in self-identification or or designation it's not that country anymore um you know and and donald trump i will say this 
Donald Trump has done here with the courts and with other things, which we talked about in the past, uh, you know, I, I really do think Space Force and the stuff he did for NASA long before, long after we're all dead, will be looked back on and, and people will say if Donald Trump didn't do this, the human race would not have been able to achieve this. Uh, but this is something on another level now. And it really goes to show you that Rush Limbaugh was, a, you know, he, he was right. Uh, his take on why the establishment and why these people who claim they were, you know, conservatives for decades and decades, why they hated Donald Trump so much. He represented their failure, Frank. He is a symbol of them as failures and, and worse, liars, intentional failures in many respects. Listen to Rich Lowry. Listen to Jonah Goldberg. Listen to Peggy Noonan. They clearly never believed the damn word that they said on this issue for decades. Never believed it. Never. Um, uh, there's no way to to justify. In what um, in what way? What, like, what, are they contradicting? You know, like for, to be Peggy Noonan and pretend now that that Republicans should take this decision and then pivot uh, towards being anti. Uh, you know, anti-pro-life, basically. Uh, you know, um, you know, be the be the rescuers here. You know what? Let me ask. Let me ask you about it's that. It's crazy, Frank. Let me get loose. your opinion on that in particular, because I see a lot of a lot of people on the. Fa- I I saw Michael Savage tweet about this, and I I just don't. I, it's another one of those things that I'm on different, completely different pages with Michael Savage on things. But when he said he thought that this was that all this this season. The Supreme Court schedule that they have right now where they're getting through all of these issues, that this was set up by some kind of a rhino that wants to actually hurt the Republicans in November. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, for the first thing, we're going to get around to what you're seeing, how it's being received, how much you know, we're going to do all of that. But let me just talk to you about strategy right now. Is there ever a time what when would have been a more opportune time to just do this i mean we're, we're always right. we're always 2 years away from a major election we're, if you're talking about local elections it's probably yearly i mean when is a really when would it have been the safest time to do this i don't know wait another 8 years and see maybe i don't think right. it's ridiculous you have the chance you do it that that that's right frank i mean you just made the point i, w- I would have said in response to somebody like michael savage and others who are making these arguments Democrats don't do that yet they keep advancing right so I mean there there's always a um, you know a, a risk over the horizon an election uh, around the corner that that's always there you take the wins anytime you can get them uh, the bottom line is here Frank the only thing that can hurt Republicans at this point is Republicans that's it their constant betrayals are really starting to bother Republican voters they are here celebrating huge wins across the board and yet every time they turn their back they're getting stabbed in the back by mitch mcconnell and kevin mccarthy that's the only thing that can hurt republicans at this point they're the only ones who can defeat themselves um as far as it goes with this i concept this idea that for there are two of them i've heard that are particularly ridiculous which is what when democrats take back the supreme court they're going to go as a revenge move they're going to do something like take your guns away or do something that's very near and dear to conservatives. Frank, that displays a fundamental misunderstanding of the leftist mind. They will do it regardless. It doesn't matter if you overturn Roe and Casey or not, or it doesn't matter what you do. They're coming for those rights regardless. And nothing, you can't play nice with these people. And if you think you can, you'll end up like Donald Trump in his first term. You'll learn the hard way. Um, the second one is that this is somehow going to gin up the democratic base and they're going to vote 
uh, that's nonsense. The voters that they need to get out are no longer like the, the vehemently pro-choice, unfettered abortion voter. Uh, the, again, it's not the 1990s. They're still talking and having about this issue, having the debate about this issue in the construct, in the box that they created in the 1990s. And uh, you know, it, it, Republicans are winning the argument on this issue. There's, there's no reason to cower from it. The voter who is pro-unfettered abortion was uh, the voter who's like my age, who grew up in the 80s and the 90s. Um, you know, now they're middle to upper class, affluent, wealthy whites. Uh, they, you know, they, they generally speaking, Frank, they vote all the time anyway. You're not risking turning them out. They're gonna vote anyway, which is what, you know, they have proven time and time again, 18, 20, um, you know, et cetera. The ones that you, and, and the same thing is true on guns. The ones who are like anti-Second Amendment, that's those voters anyway, and they're gonna turn up. Um, the bottom line is here that the, the myth of the angry woman is another one. That's nonsense. There is no, uh, the, the truth is that men who identify as pro-choice, uh, they are far more likely than women who identify as pro-choice to support allowing abortion in these periods of the pregnancy. We went over this with you a little bit last time, but we did even more. Um, you know, they're the ones who have been using women as a foil for years. And the fact is, uh, it's, it's not true. It's just simply not true. So all of these arguments are not based. There's no factual basis for them. It's not supported by the data. Pro-life and pro-choice are not separated by 10 or 15 points anymore. Uh, last month, it was pro-choice plus one. Wow. That's it. And wow. the month before, it was like pro-choice plus two. That's it. it you, and, and next month, it very well could be pro-life plus three. That's how close it is now. Uh, by the way, no one has tracked this issue more than us other than Gallup. No one has done more in-depth uh, research on this issue other than Gallup. And I would only say that because they have years and years of a track record on us. Uh, not that they have asked questions that are more probing. I think we do that better than anybody else, you know, modesty aside. I really do. I really believe that. We have a, we've been having a grip on this since the Gosnell trial. And I said this last week, but it bears repeat. It's worth repeating. Something happened during that Gosnell trial, Frank, in this country where I think people for the first time saw the realities of the abortion industry that they didn't really think occurred. They didn't think these things happened. Then you had David Daleiden come out Center for uh, Medical Progress, um, you know, with the videos on Planned Parenthood selling baby body parts. I mean, there are things that have happened in science. Science has not been kind to them on this issue. And Democrats, you're all upset. You want to know who to blame? It's not the old angry white man. It's not Justice Kavanaugh. Take your ass to the bathroom, look in the mirror, and that's who you have to blame. Because if you would have just come to some practical agreement with the vast majority, it's a super majority in this country who did not support late-term abortion, but they couldn't even do that. Hmm. They couldn't do that, Frank. So over the years, Republican legislatures have chiseled more and more and more away into it until we got to a heartbeat. And by the way, a poll respondent, Dallas, Texas, Biden voter, a woman, claimed to be pro-choice, and then yet told us that she opposes, opposes abortion once the heartbeat has been detected. When we probed around why, she said, it's just like when you die, the heart stopping, you know, the, the heart no longer beating, 
stopping you know a, a, a heartbeat in a human being is like the point of death where it stops pumping blood to the rest of the body. You don't get it to the brain anymore. Your body and different organs no longer function, just as it is the point of death when a heart stops beating. To me, it's the point of life when a heart starts beating. Hmm. So one, you know, if you can't get an abortion before that, that's on you. And that's what she had said. This was a Biden voter who claimed to be pro-choice. You will not find pro-life people. You know, they claim to be pro-life who somehow find uh you know, in, in in their heart to support aborting a child after 20 weeks. It just, they don't exist. You know, if you're pro-life, you're pro-life under um, maybe very, very few circumstances, obviously the health of the mother, rape, incest. But the truth is pro-life people are more informed than pro-choice people. I hate to tell you, I've done the research. I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down. It's a reality. It's a fact. More pro-life people accurately described I really accurately characterized what Roe and Casey did, what they meant. What does Roe even do? More pro-life voters were able to do that than pro-choice voters were. Pro-choice voters in general and, and in general, Americans as a whole, really are not very well versed on 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 those laws and what they did. Um, you know, and even to this day, uh, that's because of media lying, Frank, and they lied right after this decision came down. We went piece by piece. You know, I was listening to MSNBC, NBC News, CBS News. I wanted to hear the reactions. Alito specifically addressed basically all of the criticisms you heard on TV that morning and afternoon and night. He addressed them all, and they're sitting there with the opinions in their hands, and they're misquoting or mischaracterizing what the opinion says. Um, you know, they, that's all on purpose. That's because abortion is a billion-dollar industry, and there's no money in Plan B. There's no money in contraceptives. They get billions to kill babies. That's it. That's the truth. And like the person you played before said, I think at one time in our life, we could all sympathize with the drug addict who had no business bringing a baby into the world, with the teenager who was scared. We can all sympathize with that. Times have changed. Mm -hmm. We're not going to back to the days of the coat hanger in the alley, which is just ludicrous to hear some of these pundits say that. It's not only that. widely available. It's not only that, uh, Rich. They're going beyond that, and they're they're going into. Um, I saw, of course, uh, there's a number of things that they were attacking Justice uh, Thomas over over the over the weekend. But one of the things that went after him was was interracial marriage. The interracial marriage was yeah. was going to be banned. Yes. Like the things that they are going he's to. He's married to a white. <laughs> he's married to a white woman, and he's going to undo it all. It, it makes absolutely no sense that. It just really it makes no sense. And I, I'll tell you, when you're talking about people not knowing what this does and the the, the, yeah. the, the pro-life side just being better educated, it once again comes back to general education. Nobody understands civics. Nobody right. understands nope. anything. Federal and state, they don't understand anything. And, and then on the other side of that, uh, of the information war aspect of this, Rich, is the fact that for for example, this this the uh, Katanji Brown woman that's going to go to the Supreme Court at some point this year, she uh, one of her uh, um, one of her sticking points. It was a case about First Amendment rights and whether or not you're allowed to interface with people on on the outside of an abortion clinic. And the problem here, there for many people who are very pro-choice and want to prop up this billion-dollar industry here, is that if people are able to get any kind of an understanding 
of what is going on, the development process, if they hear a heartbeat, if they actually yeah. see an abortion video, if they understand anything about anything, it can, it can sway them in a way that makes them more supporting of life. I don't understand how that could ever, what, I don't understand how that could ever be seen as an offense to somebody's decision making when it, it, it airs on the side of life. If you're convincing people, convincing people to kill another, I, I, you would think that that would be up in arms, but for people to say this is a violation of rights for giving information to those who have otherwise been kept blissfully ignorant, and it's the only way you can walk into an abortion clinic and do what you do without going home and having nightmares, is if you're blissfully ignorant about what you're doing. So I, I, it, it just goes. And we've seen this time and time again, Frank. It's not health care. Women have had enormous problems later in life when they have abortions. I mean, women have miscarriages, and, and, and it's very hard on them, you know? So this concept that, like, somehow, you know, unless, and there are those women out there, you can see them in the abortion surveillance statistics. They've had three or more abortions. They don't care. They use it as contraceptive. So I, I'm generalizing, of course. There are people out there who are just, uh, you know, they 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 have no maternal uh, instinct whatsoever, or whatever you want to call it. You know, lacking in the humanity department. I mean, there's no other way to put it when you can, you know, basically terminate for uh, for pregnancies without a problem. Uh, you know, so basically, um, you know, that there's a problem with their arguments itself too that. Alito addressed in so many pages of that opinion, you'll never hear it on the television because it's, it goes back to what you were saying, it's low information. Roe never had any foundation in law, mm -hmm. and many people were ignorant to that. The articles, the scholarship that they presented in 1972 were from a pro-abortion activist academic, and those, that scholarship has now been completely discredited. So, I mean, I, I don't understand, uh, you know, why you don't hear that. I, well, I know why we don't hear it. I'm just saying people need to do their own damn homework. Read the opinion. I'm listening to people quote, you know, one part they may have seen on TV, uh, you know, and, and not be able to uh, really discern the difference between this case and another case. They want to make these ridiculous comparisons versus, you know, it, it doesn't add up. The, Alito had already basically described that potential life issue. They backed themselves in this corner. They did it in 1972, and now they did it with not budging on any restrictions on abortion whatsoever. Their own argument is what did them in, Frank, their own argument. Well, I'm glad you brought this up here, too, because I was going to ask you how much do the— because it comes off as bloodthirsty— on television, that's uh, it's it's callous. Frank. It, it really it extremely comes, callous. It really comes off that way, and I just wonder. I said, okay, I, I see MSNBC. I see these roundtables. I see the canards that they roll out there to make the, the, the extremes that they go to yeah. to try to scare people. But how much does that really match the sentiment of the rest of the country? And I knew that you would have an insight on that. And for for the difference between pro. Uh, life and pro-choice to be r reduced to a single percentage point is really incredible. And once upon a time, that was never the case. All right. I mean, the bottom line is pro-choice had a large designation lead for many years. It really, the advent of uh, George W. Bush, 
you know, for there was a big surge of value voters that kind of never left the electorate. Uh, they had a you know resounding win in different um, ballot you know uh, ballot referendums in 04 that really helped Bush get reelected. Uh, those ballot referendums, uh, and then we just kind of went back after Bush because of the election of Obama. People took that as an affirmation that the country was ready for all this like really far to the left social change and that the, the the culturally conservative issues that really fueled republicans were somehow um you know we were supposed to look at people like murdoch and uh todd aiken and they you know that's the example of what happens when you run as a pro-life conservative or so that's ridiculous hmm. it was he they made really ridiculous comments i mean they were outside of even their own mainstream or at least maybe they stated something incorrectly they weren't ready for prime time and it put them outside of that mainstream but they're not characteristic of the overall um you know the overall uh pro-life movement for sure and i think their losses people like them have really masked the gains that the pro-life movement has made in public opinion over the years and again they're you know democrats are the ones who are always worshiping at the altar of science right all right and the science has not been good to them uh, and, and again, I really have to go back to it because I remember it like it was yesterday. The Kermit Gosnell trial. I remember the polling we had done. Uh, it started during Kermit, really during the Kermit Gosnell trial and then really led into the Pain Protection Act or whatever the first one was called when Republicans had the House under Boehner. Uh, they, they wound up tabling it, by the way, because they were scared cowards and they got rid of it. Um, but it, really during that time, we saw an acceleration of people, like you just said, airing on the you know really being airing on the side of life you know unless the situation is dire i think what people found out it was safe but rare uh, mantra was bullcrap it's not true and by the way the abortion surveillance statistics that we've seen the 63 million uh number that you keep hearing since roe v wade that's not true it's far more than that has to be big blue areas never participated in abortion surveillance statistics so how much do you think Gavin Newsom on Twitter is saying, yeah, move here so you can abort your baby? You know, I mean, if, if California was to report to the CDC and the Department of Health, anybody, how how many more abortions do you think you would see in those surveillance statistics every year? I don't know. I, it, it, it's, I mean, think about it. It scares me. It scares me to think because if, if the if the greatest epicenters for this kind of of a business is is really not participating, then it's it's almost as it's almost as scary as the implication of what VAERS really tells us. If VAERS with vaccine injuries and all that is only really accounting right. for one to ten percent of the total. Uh, you know, that makes a 10,000 number and anything seem like it could be horrific, even more horrific than that it already is. But I, I think getting back to what you said about Trump, and then I want to ask you a little bit more pointedly about uh, November, I, I think you, you pretty much said it the best you could by saying the only ones that could hurt themselves or, or, or beat Republicans are Republicans at this point. Yeah. And as you know, and I know you know as well, uh, for yourself, because we talked about it. It's not about go, go, GOP. Uh, it's, I, I actually really hate the fact that we, um, we have to analyze this from this two-party standpoint. But the biggest accomplishment for Donald Trump at this point, for me, would, would be Roe versus Wade at this point. I mean, he did a lot. A, a, lot, a lot got done. Other things left us wanting. Other things 
left us completely disappointed. Uh, a lot was left on the table. Of course, 2020 ended up the way it did, and we were lived to for, uh, uh, made to live with this ridiculous outcome. But as of right now, I think for a lot of people, this alone was worth the last four years of, of hell. You know, Frank, uh, I, I would have to agree with you, even though there are issues that probably, uh, well, not probably, but that I would say certainly, you know, I, 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 I don't want to say I care about more. I'm just saying with Roe, why it's so significant is let's just take the stupid 63 million number at face value. How much potential did we snuff out? Mm-hmm. How many brilliant minds that could have, I don't know, come up with uh, vaccines that work? <laughs> you know, who knows? Um, you know, the ideas that we deprive the world of um from those from those human beings or or would would be human lives uh you know that that is an impact that's really it's immeasurable so i think it is the most significant because of that alone uh you know and i'm no you know of course what i'm a spiritual guy but i guess i would say that i'm not a great uh christian uh but i am a believer i'm not a bible thumper you know that it's that's I, i'm not at all by any uh, you know, notion of the of what a Bible thumper is, but the bottom line is, once upon a time, and you know this, so you grew up right around the area where I grew up, right? And that's just the way it was when we were growing up. We were we were raised with that pro-choice culture, and really all of those excuses and you know the, those uh, things that were literally taught to us in public school. It's just the blob of tissue. It's just a fetus. It's not a baby. And it wasn't until years later when I was a father, um, or going to be a father, you know, rather early in the pregnancy, you look at a sonogram, <laughs> yeah, it dawns on you. Mm-hmm. That's a baby. And then also too, Frank, we have a problem with men in this country. A major problem, or I should say, a lack of men in this country. And you can see it in the polling. We have been, Roe v. Wade gave men yet another excuse to shirk, to shirk their fatherly duties and you know and what it means to be a man to 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 stand up and bear the weight of your responsibilities you know we get we gave them yet another reason get out of the house the girl will get a welfare check don't you know abort the baby and you don't have to deal with it men uh are in crisis in this country we have a crisis of manhood in this country. they have culturally castrated the american male and it's having a devastating impact across basically every aspect of society. So anytime we have a chance to, you know, to, to again, reinstate what it means to be a responsible man, uh, we, should, we should celebrate that. Uh, I really believe that. I mean, it, it's also a matter of, of the human connection. You know, when even the Spartans weren't this barbaric, Frank. Oh, yeah. The babies that they had to put, the babies that they had to uh, terminate at least, you know, I, I hate to say it, but they had the Spartans gave more viable reasons than we did. Black women are the most likely to have abortion. That's true. Or not even the most likely. They account for the largest percentage of abortion. Most of them will give you economic reasons. I can't afford this baby. That's not what that is not the case with the other uh, second largest group in this country, which is white women. White typically, um, it doesn't matter. Cl- class has nothing to do. Uh, most women give incest is less than two percent white women have abortions out of convenience overwhelmingly out of convenience 
I don't want to ruin my body. I'm too young. I still want to be beautiful. Uh, you know, it's a little inconvenient for me right now. I want to go to college uh, or I'm in college or you know what? I'm building my career is another great one. They're already out of college. They don't want to have a baby because they don't want to stunt their career. And they and, and sadly, white women have been using minority women as a foil, just as men have been using women as a foil. So it's time to have an it's time to be honest with ourselves. Yeah, it is. no, it we is. Were bar, we were barbaric, Frank. Barbaric. Yeah. Even compared to other Western countries where we were barbaric with abortion. Come on. That, that's another thing I've been seeing the breakdown between what what the standards are in most of Europe yeah. compared to the United yeah. States. And it is, I can't believe how conservative Europe is, uh, especially since they're so yeah. farther down the road than we are in progressive, in progressive terms politically uh, and most other things, economically, everything else. They have open borders as well. But, um, uh, you know, that's, I was really, really, that, that really shocked me. Um, so, they yeah. didn't have Margaret Sanger, Frank. No, I know. They didn't have Margaret Sanger and a left-wing ruling class that believed in eugenics and, and believed in putting these clinics in black neighborhoods to eradicate uh, large uh, you know, percentages of these pregnancies. That's the, the ugly, dark history that we are going to have to confront, especially if you want to have this, uh, you know, the conversation honestly. Yep. That's what Europe does not have that America has, and that's... That's the truth. Take it or leave it. You well, uh, taking this taking this to a another direction, but of course, you're staying within because uh, of the, the bigger overarching question is how this is going to all this is going to impact November's midterm elections. Yeah. Um, did you see this latest Project Veritas about what's her name? Uh, her name is uh, Representative Crystal Matthews from South Carolina. I didn't yet. I well, didn't yet. Well, it, it's a it's a enlighten me because I'm always uh, I always try to check out something. Like oh, it, it, it's a it's a video. It, it's a video, of course, of of this woman who is just running her district, running, trying to run the state like like any old gangster would. Um, leaked call with inmate uh, reveals South Carolina Democrat state rep and Senate candidate. Um, uh, calling for secret sleepers to infiltrate the South Carolina GOP. That is, of course, to have um, progressives enter into races as Republicans and yeah. and uh, and and play the whole uh, sheep and wolf's uh, wolf and sheep's clothing thing. Advocates for illegally funding campaigns with dope money too. All that stuff. Now, the dope money. That I mean, that that's a little bit more centered on one. You know, this particular scumbags uh, way of doing things but as far as the sleepers thing she went on to she went on to uh, like give an alibi as to why it's it's all right to do it because they do it to us and I gotta tell you I gotta tell you rich I have never seen Where? I have Where? never Where seen that they, Frank I was gonna ask you have you ever seen a Democrat whoopsie and all of a sudden they're Ron Paul I have never seen that anywhere <laughs> Not an elected, not uh, not from an elected official standpoint, nor from a nomination standpoint. Show me a uh, left wing Supreme Court justice that uh, moved to the right. Show me. Mm. Where are they? We can go on and on and on about judicial traitors from the right. You can find no example of that on the left. That 100% of Democratic appointments. Uh, to the bench and elsewhere are hard left 
uh, loyalists to the ideology. Um, and, and, you know, maybe Republicans are lucky if 50% are legitimately conservative, uh, you know, or, 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 or in line with the Constitution. Uh, they wind up just, you know, flaking out. You know, I mean, look, look, Justice Roberts, he got him. He had a Catholic education, Frank. Mm-hmm. A Catholic education. He wouldn't even be a Supreme Court justice if it wasn't for the Catholic Church. He wouldn't even be one. And yet he ruled the way he ruled last week. And it was very clear with his addition that uh, you know that that he would have watered down this ruling. Um, so it, it really goes to show you that I mean that that's nonsense. That that never happens. Uh, but I will say this: this is a a, um, a tactic we have seen it for a long time. I mean, she's not. She's, this is not an original idea that she's come up with. Uh, Democrats have been doing this for many many years. Uh, you have instances of the Republican establishment working. Uh, with Democrats, uh, you know, in California right now, I mean, I got pictures of them hanging out together, they look like, like they, you know, bosom buddies. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy has no problem making deals with moderate Democrats. He'd rather them win races in California than Republicans who are actually uh, loyal to their voters. I mean, that that's just the, these things have been going on for a long time. It doesn't surprise me at all. In 2018, Democrats were very smart. The research is clear on this. You throw an independent on the ballot, uh, whoever votes for that independent will be at least two to one uh, a potential Republican voter. So you can really hurt a rep- in a close race. You can really hurt a Republican candidate if you have a third party or quote, and you have to use those words, independent is the strongest. Um, Oxford and others have showed pretty consistently that you know if those people are not on the ballot then the republican gets those voters overwhelmingly so democrats have been very smart uh to do things like this they 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 have now i don't see any example of uh uh, you know like i said on vice versa i mean it's just republicans are are uh you know they're always reacting frank they're not smart enough or proactive enough to really make no to, to really make moves like that no, no, and the, the, the and, and conservatives in general, not not to, I hate I, not to equate conservatism yeah, that, they, yeah, to Republicans, yeah, I, but uh, people not non virulent progressives, I should say, are uh, are usually like herding cats. You can't you can't. I mean, they'll just fight with each other and destroy their own chances at anything, and yeah, that's man. just really what it is. But let me ask you something else. Um, obviously, we had this. This, these opinions, the, the big one given to us on Friday, this J6 committee, the January 6th committee, um, obviously nobody's watching it. They were hoping it. There's not, it's not a real trial. Nothing's going to result of it. It's, it's just pretty much about layering in some kind of a daytime drama for potential voters in, in, in uh, November. And I don't know what, the, what else they're trying to get out of this. But what are you seeing as far as are people paying attention uh, those who you ask, I mean, what are the opinions about this even going on? Aside from the fact that I think it was pretty um, wondrously timed that this committee took a short hiatus Absolutely. around the time the Supreme Court passed down this righteous abortion opinion, I mean, we wouldn't want to have to deal with the juxtaposition of a fake insurrection television production and actual calls for insurrection in the streets at the same time. So it's amazing that they took a little break. But what are you getting back as far as feedback? for the entire thing as it is right now, now that it's moved to television. Yeah, that, I got that, I got to say a word on that. Unlike January 6th and the plans for January 6th, uh, the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, uh, the FBI, others, 
actually did uncover plots to attack uh, government buildings over row. I mean, that, that those were real. There, there wasn't a giant wall built around the Supreme Court. Um, you know, get, you know, basically a, a, a you know giant fence around the Supreme Court because there weren't uh, legitimate threats. There were to burn the court down, to burn the Capitol down, uh, to storm it. Um, you know, so it was called a night of rage for a reason. They, they didn't. They, there were plans to be violent. Uh, so there's. It's amazing that they, you know, mums the word on that. They're totally silent on that. I think the January sixth committee serves. A few a few uh, functions for them. It's really it's multi-purposed. It's got multiple benefits for for these people. One, obviously, it's a distraction. They're trying to distract people away from the real issues and how badly this government is managing our country. Um, and that's a uniparty thing. Yeah, Democrats are in power, but I don't see Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy fighting very hard. Do you? No, I don't. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's that's number one. Number two, though, uh, it serves as a pretext to uh, you know sick their personal secret police force on the rest of us uh, or anyone who doesn't agree with them, anyone who resists, you know, inserting themselves into the hive mind for permanent residence. Uh, and, and by that, of course, I mean the criminal organization known as the FBI. They are not a legitimate law enforcement organization and never have been. And people should start speaking up a lot more against them. They were started by a criminal. Their culture was created by a criminal. It, it was fostered and nurtured by a criminal, so they, they they were never in the business of you know using John Dillinger as you know as an excuse. Their business is getting dirt on people and prosecuting people that disagree with them, prosecuting that dis you know prosecuting people that disagree with the ruling class. That's what they've always done. That was their you know you know chase after John Dillinger forever, Frank. Mm -hmm. Come on, I know. I'll take John Dillinger over them any day. I would rather there be mobs like John Dillinger running around robbing banks uh, than the FBI with infinite resources. One is infinitely more dangerous than the other to 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 long-term freedom in this country. You know what's funny, uh, Rich? But, you know, and then number and number three is to prevent Donald Trump from running again. Okay, They're so the, start with Donald that. Trump. Start with that. If this is a if this Terrible. is a, and then I have to have that comment on Dillinger and how that actually is uh, is 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 pretty interesting. But um, starting with the the third point about Donald Trump, if this is a committee that they said over and over again cannot it has no power to bring charges i know that we heard from merrick garland that he and all of his lawyers are watching this and and they're 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 readying their pens and all that stuff is this is is it really just about can we give merrick garland an excuse to go out there and charge donald trump um based on what he's seeing on television would that be legitimate in itself i understand that they're trying to negate they trump could make a refer they could they could make a recommendation they could put together a report to make a recommendation, and then Joe Biden could order Merrick Garland to do it. Uh, which, by the way, amazingly, uh, Trump was impeached over uh, looking into his so-called opponent, primary opponent's um, corruption, uh, you know, his behavior. Uh, you will hear nothing about that if and when they do that to Donald Trump. Um, I'll tell you this, Frank. Going into the holiday season last year, everybody in D.C. was basically in a panic attack hoping that the january 6th committee found something that they could prosecute donald trump with they were all talking about it 24 7 and everybody who lives in and around dc works in and around dc knows that that is 100 percent true and they've been talking about it since they know they're going to get their butts kicked they do and they worry that donald trump has indeed learned 
the personnel is policy lesson and knows um, that you need to go big after the administrative state next time. He does have, uh, well, maybe I don't want to say too much, but he left himself with a little gift or he left the next Republican president with a little gift that made it a lot easier to start to sh like slashing the administrative state. He just never had a chance to use it. So if, you know, he he obviously was putting that in place for a reason, um, you know, and there there are people who are, uh, you know, and there are people, the, the entire town is mm. terrified that if he gets back in, that's that's it, man. I mean, they, they are going to, and there will, could be some rogue prosecutor out there. Look at New York for crying out loud. Look at these people. I mean, they just keep investigating him forever, right? But uh, there's something too that uh, people should know about how they're playing games and what they're really capable of. J.R. Majewski is running in Ohio's ninth congressional district. He was the Trumpian guy. He technically didn't have Trump's endorsement, but he uh, Trump spoke favorable about him. And he uh, was very, very supportive of Trump, painted his face on his lawn. That's how he got attention before he even, you know, decided uh, to be a congressman. It's clear by the FBI. They or I wouldn't say cleared because the FBI doesn't have the authority to pres to declare you innocent or guilty. They just can tell you whether or not they found evidence of wrongdoing. That's their only role there. Just so that's another thing people need to understand. The FBI is not the ultimate arbiter of uh, you know guilt or innocence. They are supposed to be investigators, and they can tell you whether or not they found evidence of something, but they cannot declare uh, somebody to be innocent. Right. In any event, they found nothing on juice. Nothing. And yet the House committees uh, still uh, decided they wanted to go after his records, get his records. That very same day that they that they uh, you know introduced um, the, the the idea of going after him again, uh, the very same day Twitter his Twitter was hacked. Right. Yeah. If you think that is a co if you think that's a coincidence, then you are naive. No, I know. You are green. And you, you know, know, I mean, they they yeah. No, and, and went after his personal stuff. I I was seeing a little bit of that, and I, I hadn't. Um... I I spoken to Jr. I was on a stream once with Jr. I believe, and he I always thought he was a nice guy. I didn't know that that, and it took me a little while to put two and two together that he was the one that was running and actually got that um, won that primary. And man, I said that this gonna it's gonna be interesting. I know I know you say that there there's a lot of, of fear and and he beat Teresa pretty good. Everybody well, thought Teresa Gavaroni was gonna run away with it. They did, and you know and people now are like, well, no, we you know we kind of it's Ohio, no. Everyone thought Teresa Gavaroni was going to win because of the burbs outside of Toledo, and J.R. Majewski wound up doing so much better in the election day vote in those, you know, those areas that the very areas that they thought Gavaroni would do well. She did well in the early vote. She got killed, killed everywhere in the election day vote. So it was just, uh, you know, it, it it was a you know it it was a shock. Uh, but God, sorry, I'm going to interrupt. I no, no, no. I was just going to say when it when it can when it comes down to you. Um, reiterating time and time again how and it, it's apparent to see this too on on the television there does seem to be an accelerated there, there's there's fear all over the place there is a yeah. lot there's a lot of it there's a lot of it they're 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 afraid of what's coming in november i can't tell you how many segments on cnn msnbc abc even that they will that they have somebody on talking about how they are in dire straits that the it's yeah. not looking good at the same time the, there's my skeptical mind and i know a lot of people in this in this chat and, and a lot of people in this audience are feeling that same kind of skepticism how much more momentum do we need to have going into an election that we didn't have in 
in 2020. I mean, the, the again, 18 out of 19 bellwether uh, uh, counties, and you have or districts, and you have uh, 12 million more votes than you had in 2016, and it just and you have a man with dementia that's clearly spiraling out of control and didn't make any public appearances that are, were of note. There's a lot of people that are just like, well, I'm glad that they're scared, but I guess we'll see. Um, as far as Dillinger goes, and the that was pretty much the FBI's first crack at legitimacy. They wanted to try exactly. to get they wanted to get Dillinger, uh, but. At that time, the funny thing about, about John Dillinger and even Bonnie and Clyde, even though Bonnie and Clyde were a lot more violent, it was a lot, you know, there were a lot, even they grew, uh, grew this cult following of people who were like cheering them on. Because at the same time, whereas. You Dillinger know, was popular. This th- is very popular. Right, exactly. The FBI was not. Right. Nobody ever viewed the FBI, the gene men, as the good guys, Frank. And I mean, why, too? Judges, we've got to point that out. Man. All, all yeah. the bank robbers, all the bank robbers, obviously, if somebody has their life savings looted and the, the bank is not insured properly, then obviously that, that, that hits you one way or another. But there were so many people, even back then, the 1920s and 30s, that were getting screwed by, by right. the, the American banks, the Federal Reserve, all that. So when you had these, these cult figures like Dillinger running around taking from the banks they're like yeah go fuck those guys fuck them and now and now here we are a hundred years later um, and I just read in the opening tonight the Federal Reserve there's a bill out there to mandate the Federal Reserve to make the economy more equitable for racial minorities can you imagine it's just like the same people the same entities that we were rooting against back then when Dillinger was running around they've just gotten mutated and ginormous and oh Man, when is it going to level yeah. out? And what did the, Frank, let me ask you, what did the virtuous G-men uh, do with John Dillinger again? Did they arrest him and try him for his crimes, or did they just murder him? They just murdered him. You know, so they just murdered him, right? They're not, they're not, I will take Dillinger and his Tommy gun over J. Edgar Hoover, Jim Comey, and Robert Mueller, and Christopher Ray any day. We don't need these people as Rand paul stated they haven't stopped a single terror attack this concept like well you never hear about it uh, they haven't stopped crap with the metadata collection with all of the fisa warrants not a single terror attack was thwarted by the fbi because we give them all of these powers not one not one we don't need them thank you i will protect myself and my family from the john dillinger types i can do that because it's a level playing field. Because Don, John Dillinger doesn't have infinite resources, Frank. He doesn't have a cartelized, uh, you know, or a cartel-like arrangement with the media, you know, or, or or supposed lawmakers who are supposed to be conducting oversight over them. They ha- are completely insulated. They have unlimited power, you know. So uh, the bottom is uh, never good guys. And years, even just till a few decades. Richie, there. Hold yeah. on, hold uh, on, hold on, Rich. You said, you, yeah, yeah. You said even just a few decades ago from there. Even yeah, even just a few decades ago, we used to know this. Ruby Ridge, Frank. Yep. Waco. All of these things, they were at risk of being. The ATF was at risk of being abolished in the 1990s when Republicans had the Republican Revolution. They caved. That's why Waco was such a disaster for the FBI and the ATF. That was supposed to be the. Um, the uh i don't want to call it a makeup but they were supposed to wipe the slate clean uh from ruby ridge 
And instead, they wound up murdering women and children. I mean, entire families burnt to a crisp, molded together, hugging each other with their last breath. I, I, I just, again, you know, obviously you could probably see I have strong feelings about this. Just because you get a check from the federal government, if you're a freaking criminal, you're a freaking criminal. And that's it. And these people have been engaged in criminal activity for decades. They are not the good guys. They're just well-organized, well-funded, and they have a great PR team in the corporate American sleazeball media. That's it. They are not any better than you or I. They just have more power, and I would rather see them gone. I don't think we need them, Frank. I really don't. I'm, I'm I don't with think you. we need any of these people. I'm with you. There's no, there's nothing wrong. The the old way, and you say, well, what do you do without them? Well, I don't know. What do we do the first 200 years without I them? I mean, Frank. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. No, too I, yeah. busy climbing up Trump Tower, too busy climbing up telephone poles outside of Trump Tower to stop the Pulse nightclub shooting they could have prevented. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's time and time again. They, they're they always doing something that's not in their mission statement. So all of these things slip through the cracks. We still don't know what the hell the motivation was in the Las Vegas shooting. San Bernardino. All of these were were instances of the FBI dropping the ball. By the way, Vladimir Putin warned us about Trokar Sarniev and his brother. And they did nothing. They did nothing. And we resulted in the Boston Marathon bombing. So no thank you. No thank you. I don't see your benefit for society at all. With, with Las Vegas, they've pretty much said, well, we're never going to know. Yeah, for, for right. we, we got strung, strung along for about 12 to 13 months, and then they said, it's just unknowable. It's unknowable what's going on there. And, and, and to your point about Ruby Ridge and Waco, um, there's always talk about what civil war will look like if it comes to America again. And I said, that's what it's going to look like. I mean, we're, we're talking about the feds against the pocket. It, it, it's, it's not going to be the blue versus the gray, no. north, south. Uh, it's not going to be symmetrical. Uh, we're going to have battle lines. It's going to be a, a, a mess, and it's going to, oh, hell, I mean, like you said, but still. Come get us in the Everglades, G-Man. Something that's what like, it's going to be. That's what it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think your fleers are going to save you now. Uh, and by the way, uh, this month, uh, we are kicking off uh, what we've been uh, doing it now, the crowd crowdfunding of the public polling project. This is the month or the whatever, whenever we get and hit the target to start the poll, this will be uh, the month about the series of questions we ask about uh, potential civil war. So first we ask, how likely do you think it is that the United States will be headed for, uh, is headed for another civil war, um, you know, where there's no peaceful resolution of our political differences? Uh, and it's very likely, somewhat likely, uh, somewhat unlikely, very un unlikely. The results last year were stunning, but the more stunning to me was not in the fact that so many people viewed it as as likely. That's the likely outcome here. We're going to start killing each other again. But more stunning to me was the, in the follow-up questions, which were basically people didn't see a way to peacefully resolve our political differences, that we are really too different now uh, to reconcile the difference in our ideologies. The biggest thing that jumped out, though, Frank, was the growing number of people, the significant percentage of people who said, I don't want to peacefully resolve my differences. No. So not only do people see it's likely, but they're like, they want to bang, they'd rather just bang out and get it over with. This is what these people have, this is what these people have done to us. Yep.
This is how badly they have mismanaged us and divided us. I know. And, and, and to call it mismanagement is actually uh, a little bit too much credit to their it's humanity. Too friendly. It's too friendly. It's not mismanagement. It's, it's, it's just ex- it's an executed plan. And I, 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 was, I had this, this thread that I was going to read tonight. It was a revived yeah. thread from 4chan about, about uh, a civil war and what it would look like. And I didn't know if I was going to have time tonight. I may have to, I may have to make time tonight and, and do that. In there. I know. Yeah. I may have to just, to just to throw it on out there. But still, uh, I mean, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see, Rich. I, I think that for the most part, the Band-Aids being torn off, it's almost like taking off the paneling on the wall and just finding the, the rot, the termites, everything. Right. And um, Roe versus Wade was a gigantic piece of paneling that was ripped off. And even though it's going to make the demons, you know, wail and gnash, gnash their teeth. Gnashing of teeth. <laughs> gnashing of teeth. And to, I, to hell with it. I just don't care anymore and nobody else should either. It just has to, into the fire we go. We're going to have to just keep walking and and make it happen. Um, uh, PeoplesPunditDaily.com, what should people expect from you in the next couple of days and weeks? You're talking about the, the fundraiser. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, and we're, we're doing a lot of voter analysis now. Again, we're doing some funny. Somebody brought up Rhode Island on Twitter, which I responded to, because, uh, you know, in 2016, Rhode Island got fairly close. Well, that'll be the next one that we do a voter analysis model modeling of we basically take the voter file and we do uh some pretty in-depth uh demographics you know education religion obviously gender by party um income uh there are different things we do by congressional districts uh you know so it was neat we did connecticut we did new hampshire um and somebody had asked me on locals uh, to do rhode island and then now it's becoming a topic really interesting frank a lot of bernie voters in 2016 they because they're why people are saying this rhode island too the republican is leading it's a Biden plus 20 district. I mean, it's just overwhelming. Wow. The Republican is leading against every single uh, potential Democratic candidate. Plus it's 20, the, he, Biden and, was. And, and, and I have told people in the past that Rhode Island uh, wasn't just us. We polled it. It was close in 2016 for a while. And then uh, Emerson, uh, Spencer Kimball at Emerson College, he pulled it as well. And I think he had Trump down like 44, 41. And we had something like 46, 43. It was close. Uh, in the end, it reverted to the PVI and it broke Democratic. But Bernie voters were seriously considering voting for Donald Trump. Um, my answer to that would be because eventually it goes to, you know, Democratic by like, you know, 20 points. But um, my answer would be, well, when was the last time Republicans actually reached out to voters in Rhode Island or gave them any attention whatsoever. Not since Lincoln Chafee in 20, you know, 2007. Uh, that was the last um, Republican to win a statewide federal race. So when you ignore people, you can't just expect the current trends that we are seeing nationally um, you know, bleed over, especially since as bad as the indicators are for Democrats, this is an election that's being defined not by like northeastern whites who have republican traditions this is the year of the 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 i wouldn't even say republican this is the year of the america first latina latina uh, hispanic woman let me just put it that way this is the year of the america first hispanic woman hispanics were moving republican before some of these not like we saw myra flores in texas 34 and um you know it's just had virginia 10 uh it was it, or virginia excuse me 
It was happening long even before that, a year ago, going into Gavin Newsom's recall all the way back then. We saw that Hispanics were actually, Hispanic men were more likely than white women to want to vote to get rid of Gavin Newsom, and they did. So this is something that's really uh, you know, going to be the story this year. But, but it doesn't mean that Republicans couldn't find other places to reach out and make gains. Like, this would be the year to do it. And we were showing uh, with the analysis model with Connecticut, comparing it to Pennsylvania before the, the era of Donald Trump, it looked a lot like Pennsylvania. And yet, because people look at it and they say, oh, God, it's like D plus 14, D plus 16. But that is not really true. It's not really the case. The difference with Pennsylvania is Donald Trump converted Democrats to Republicans. There was never a big chunk of the independent vote in Pennsylvania, 14, 18%. That's it. In Connecticut, there's a huge percentage of independents or non-two-party affiliateds. Uh, there's just almost nothing for Republicans. Uh, but again, Connecticut uh, is a state I think they could make gains in. They don't. Rhode Island is a good, I think it's much harder. It is a harder lift, but it can be done. I mean, or at least there can be gains made there. Now would be the time to do it, Frank, and that's what we're going to make the case this week. If you're going to win an election cycle like you're about to win right now and this year, right track, wrong track is historically negative. Biden is the most unpopular first-term president in modern history. Uh, now is the time to do it. Like, what the hell are you waiting for? You're spending all this money to shore up Arizona or something? or Georgia? You, that is way too narrow. That is just way too shallow. Forget about narrow. You better. You really need to deepen. You know your uh, your your, your um, aspirations. I don't know, Rich. I I, I understand what you're saying with that. But when you lose, technically, when you have Arizona get pulled away from you, I can understand why uh, some people would prioritize. All right. Well, how do we get out the vote even more in Arizona? Even though the first time we had hundreds of miles long truck, you know, know. Uh, uh, truck caravans and these sold out. Get you in trouble. I know. Well, hey, well, you can say it's, it's nothing. I'm not already thinking. Um, so I, I just understand. I always wonder if if we lived in an honest world what that 2020 map would have actually looked like. And um, and because when you talk about Connecticut, I didn't know if that was actually able to, to, to shade red. But New Hampshire, when I saw New Hampshire go for Biden when the rest of the state government went red, I said, get the hell out of here. I said, no, yeah. get, I get that. I said, but it, it's a small enough state where people don't. I know. P- people just don't make a lot of uh, – New Hampshire, Rhode Island, those are states that are so small that, you know, people go for the big the glamorous states. And, and that could, you can just take those and people say, oh, well, it's New England. They're blue anyway. Oh, yeah? Well, not what trends were saying. So um, anyway, yeah, Rich. That's right. And, Frank, that's right. I mean, the trends with Arizona, the Democrats did make gains until 2020. But now that has reversed again. The state of Nevada, that's another one. Florida is looking – beautiful for republicans I, I don't even think that's a battleground state anymore to be honest with you um pennsylvania continues to trend republican look somewhere else look somewhere else for crying out loud and they're just you know they're not as good at that as democrats is doing that frank they're not no 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 they're not but you know what at least we get to uh ease our nerves a little bit with these nice talks and i know that you tease people that said <laughs> weekly um I, hey maybe one day Oops. maybe day we can we can we can add a second day to the month who knows we can do a mid-month and, and especially as we get closer to the election oh, oh absolutely 
We're going to have to do at least a mid-month review and an end-of-the-month review uh, when we get to around September, October. We're going to have to do that. I'm going to bring that to Laura right now. Let's find the time for that. Let's, you know, let's see when you want to let, let's structure that out so we can tell people Look, at least it's going to be twice a month. It's going to be twice a month starting at this point and it'll be uh weekly starting this point. Uh, yeah, we should, we should definitely do that. All right, man. Look at how much we, we couldn't get to everything that happened in the last month tonight. No, there's I, just no way. No, especially with the react, just, just things that are going on out in, out in the streets. And because that, that all, that all contributes to yeah. mentality. Uh, you can, you can, you can really dive deep into that and, and figure, figure how that's being received because, uh, it's not so much the issues anymore. It's it's the way that people conduct themselves once they get news that they don't like, or they get news that they do like. It, it, that reaction is what really sets other people off. If you were on the on the fence about abortion and you see these these half naked chicks running around D.C. saying "Hail Satan" and and flashing their tits at everybody, how, how is that really going to? It, like, that's again another at least, at least seven months pregnant. With with a, you know, like I'm not a human yet. Yeah. With this belly out here like this, like. Oh, I know, I know. I and, and and other things, other little things we could have done tonight. I saw that the AP reported another million people switched over to affiliate the, with the Republican Party. Over forty three states. That's my a, point. A million people over forty three states in the last year switched over to the Republican Party. Um, I mean, and obviously that is a little bit more of a barometer on people the greatest impact that's going to make is on closed primaries because on election yeah. night you know election night in november you can do whatever the hell you want but primaries that's where that really that pops up but there's so much there's so much to grab onto rich and we'll do it again there i think is. send my best to laura and thank you for everything tonight the the audience loves when you come on and be, and right back at you. Best to you and yours, the little one. I hope doing all right. Um, yeah, but we'll see you soon. Let's, all right. Uh, let's, let's get on that. Let's work that out. We will. We will. Big year. Big year. And thank you for all the work Big that you year. do, my friend. Thank you. Et, you too, Frank. You too. Great show as always, man. Love right. it. Rich Barris, peoplespunditdaily.com. He's the man. Go check him out and, uh, and patronize his website and help him keep doing his work at the degree that he can, at the level he can, which is just monster, monster. Very important stuff. Okay, really quick break. We come back. I have this Archbishop Vigano, Carlo Maria Vigano, put out a a very short one-and-a-half-page statement on Dobbs versus Jackson, women's healthcare organization, Roe versus Wade. I want to do that, and then maybe I can jump into the Civil War thing before the, the thread I told Rich about before we get into tonight's badass. Hopefully I have time for some for one or two calls, but we're already 29 minutes to the top of the hour. And remember, it's Monday night, so it's Mystery Movie Monday on QuiteFrankly.tv. You can make your way over there and watch the rest of the show and then just hang out, or you can switch after the show ends. Don't go anywhere because we have more to do. We're not done. Be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. 
now entering quite frankly 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 Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Quite frankly in Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly, how dare you? All right, so. We are going to go right into our super chats, clear those out, and then jump into this Carlo Maria Vigano letter. First one up, it's on Rockfin. Fishhead Montana says, can't wait until you have David Weiss as a guest. It means more than you know. God bless you and your family, Frank. David Weiss. Well, I'll have to... Have to... Look into him. Not ringing a bell right now. CG1 or GG1 says, Thanks for saying it like it is, Frank. It's clinical. It's clinical, quite frankly. Yeah, that's it. It's clinical. Quote me on it. It's clinical. Thank you so much, GG. Let's see. Crow Mage on, quite frankly, superchat.com says, Greetings. I want to submit well wishes to the family of Andrew Lee, who suddenly passed away this uh, this past Saturday at the age of 49. He was a morning talk show host in the Twin Cities, Minnesota market. You will be missed, good sir. Well, I'm very sorry to hear it. Very sorry to hear it. I've been I've been getting a lot of emails from people in this audience who are having health difficulties and things like that. I'll, uh, I have some shout outs to do over the course of the week. <clears throat> feel like everybody in my life is coming down with something at the same time too it must be divine providence that I have as of right now as of right now 8.36pm 8.36pm on the 27th I'll be on the road tomorrow Whew. thank god I got sick back in April because there was no way I was ice skating through this one and not having to cancel on my little trip tomorrow. Business trip. So, man. But um, everybody's doing okay. Lauren's just feeling very queasy. I feel bad. I feel real bad. But she's been resting and I've been taking care of most things around the house. And uh, hopefully she turns a corner. My mom's the same thing too. Uh, Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake says, Frank, please be nice to snakes. I'll see you in Timcast chat tomorrow. Love you, Lord Francis. I'm very nice to snakes. That's another thing I don't. I would never touch my... I used a shovel the other day to pick it up and toss it into another yard. Garter snake. It was a big one. 
I found it on my garage roof when I was cleaning it off. I was talking about it during my little Sunday night stream last night on the back porch. But yeah, I, I hope that this audience shows out shows up in force on Timcast IRL tomorrow. I'm an ambassador for you all. Okay? You gotta show up in force and you've gotta just be uh gotta make friends. Make friends with people in the chat room. I, I, just don't go like plugging, plugging, spamming. Don't do that. Just just show up and have a good time. Don't spam on my behalf. That that will turn a lot of people off. Uh, Shotzi. Shotzi says, congrats on the invite to TimCast tomorrow night. Wishing you all the best. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the drive. <clears throat> Although I wish I was coming home at the same time, same night. MLG says, just tossing some love your way. Great show as always. Thank you, MLG. I appreciate you greatly. Greatly. And I, I missed this on Saturday night. I don't know how. Canadian Ass Eaters Association says, just looking for King, he sure knows about butt stuff. That was from Saturday night. I'm sure King is upset that he missed Saturday night's show now. All right, over on Rumble. Rumble people are hanging out, having a good time. And on Pilled, Pilled Foxhole EO says, happy birthday to the beautiful Ann Andy. In the D-Live chat, happy birthday, Ann. Sean Joe, thank you. Frank's Taint says, tomorrow night should be fun. Have you decided what shirt you're going to wear? Actually, yeah, I know what shirt I'm going to wear. I have, uh, I have a t-shirt that I've never worn before. Um, you ever see the movie The Natural? Well, I'm going to be wearing a... Uh, a, uh, whatchamacallit, a New York... Um, oh, my God. I can't believe I, I, I'm blanking on this. Uh, New York Knights. Could be wearing a New York Knights t-shirt from the movie The, the Natural with Robert Redford and Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley should have gotten a, an Oscar for that. Ohio Patriot says, Cheers. Judy the Lady Pug. Wow. Sean Joe. Boys Blanc. Bulldog Bugs says, glad to see Matt back this past weekend. Keep up the great content. I'm happy he was by. Rich is always a favorite, says uh, Bulldog. Jay Brewski's love me some Rich Barris. Cheers, fellas. Tom Ford says, always appreciate Rich's insights on polling issues. See the petition to impeach Clarence Thomas? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. They're all insane. Just fucking let them be in hell. They're never leaving. Robert Sarns, thank you. Anita BJ says, great interview. Love, Rich Barris. Tangerine 26, thank you so much, Rich and Frank. Witchy Poo 22, thank you. Dr. Hoffman says, great show, Frank. Rich is such a great guest. Zoso Dude, is that now, uh, is that the new hat that EO2 Dave got you? No, 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 no. In fact, that hat, Lauren has taken. It fits Lauren better, and uh, I told her it would actually be apropos if she had that that Brooklyn Dodgers hat, because her grandmother, her Mima, who just passed away last year, uh, she was an original Brooklyn Dodgers fan who migrated over to the Mets. I said, you know, your grandmother would have wore a hat like this back in the uh, the 40s and 50s, and she goes, yep. Yeah. I says, oh, it's yours. 
WitchyPoo22, thank you again. Jay Brewskies, Dr. Hoffman, now they're throwing cookies at each other. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Here is a letter, a declaration on the decision of the Supreme Court of the United States of America, Dobbs versus Jackson, Women's Health Organization, by the man himself, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. He says, on June 24th, the Supreme Court of the United States of America, overturning the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, healed the constitutional uh, wound and at the same time restored sovereignty to the individual states after almost 50 years. The decision of the Supreme Court did not rule the right to abortion as the mainstream narrative claims, but rather it had overturned its obligatory legalization in all of the states, returning the power to decide about the profound moral question of abortion, that's all in quotations, to, quote, the people and their elected representatives, end quote, from whom Roe versus Wade had removed it, contrary to the dictates of the United States Constitution. Thus, the attempt to intimidate the justices of the Supreme Court, which began with the malicious leak of the draft of the decision by members of the pro-abortion lobby, has failed, just as the rhetoric of death of the Democrat left, uh, the rhetoric of death of the Democrat left, fueled by extremist movements and groups financed by George Soros's open society, has also failed. And it is significant to see how violent and intolerant the reaction has been from the self-styled liberals, from Barack and Michelle Obama to Hillary Clinton, from Nancy Pelosi to Chuck Schumer, from the Attorney General Merrick Garland to Joe Biden, not to mention the declarations of politicians and heads of state from across the Western world. Actually, the following ought to be enough to make people understand the importance of this decision. Attacks carried out by the, quote, pro-choice groups, assaults against pro-life organization, uh, organizations, the desecration of churches, scenes of hysteria on the part of supporters of the right to kill the innocent life of the unborn child, emblematically uniting members of the Democrat Party financed by Planned Parenthood, which in turn is financed by the government. The woke left the followers of Klaus Schwab's globalism, members of international Freemasonry, ideologues of the green change and demographic reduction. That's, that's, con- uh, and remember, if you're, if you're reading Windswept House with us, this is, this is such a, this is, I'll get to that in a, in a second. A demographic reduction, propagandists of gender theory, LGBTQ plus ideology, the rainbow flags, adherents of the Church of Satan, who consider abortion as one of their rites of worship, those who harvest and sell human fetuses from the death clinics, those who sell vaccines, he put that in quotations, produced by human fetuses, and those who support the pandemic farce and their grotesque grotesque train of experts, all of whom agree that their cultural hegemony is now threatened, a hegemony that has since 1973 caused the death of 63 million children in the United States that can be accounted for, who have been offered in human sacrifice to the Moloch of political correctness. The globalist world, which has made the systematic violation of the human body its own ideological flag by imposing an experimental gene treatment on the population against all scientific evidence, is now tearing its garments at its, claim, uh, at its claims that the rights of women to bodily autonomy and the right to kill the life the mother bears in her womb. 
This globalist world in which an elite group of sub subversive criminals has seized power and ascended to the heights of power in nations and international institutions has now lost control of the United States of America. Thanks to a historic decision handed down by wise justices, including the, one, the ones most recently appointed by President Donald Trump, whose commitment to the defense of the sanctity of human life has today achieved a great victory for America and for those who look to her as a model to imitate. Many American states have already declared abortion illegal, and thanks to the decision of the Supreme Court, they will finally be able to recognize and protect the rights of the unborn child. The Vatican Press Office, as well as the U.S. Bishops' Conference, are reacting to this historic day with a suspicious modern, uh, moderation, as if it's an embarrassing duty for them. Of course it is, because, of course, the, um, the Vatican has worked side-by-side side with the U.N., the E.U., and all those internationalist groups and NGOs to bring about population control and to, to slowly warm, warm up to this. It's what we're reading again in Windswept House. This, is, this would be such a huge blow to all of the rat bastards that are depicted inside a wind, windswept house, uh, the, the prelates. It's incredible that we're living through this right now. And, um, and still, get on that book and jump into the book club. Let's see here. Uh, moderation as if it's an embarrassing duty for them. Bergoglio, the Pope, Bergoglio is silent. But he was very talkative when it came to attacking Donald Trump on supporting Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and Democrat candidates. His silence in the face of the victory of the good over the ideology of death of the world without God will uh, still echoes the propaganda of the Bergoglian Church in support of the so-called vaccines and the Agenda 2030 of the UN, which is one of the main proponents of reproductive health, so-called, that has been imposed on nations precisely since 1973 with Roe versus Wade. Nor should we forget how the Pontifical Academy for Life, founded by John Paul II, has been disfigured over the last 10 years by including members who are notoriously in favor of abortion and contraception. We can talk to Leo Zagami about that. The hatred of President Trump and the network of deep church's connection and interests with the deep state have brought to light, among other things, the great contradiction of the Bergoglian church, which is committed to doing business with global high finance and the pharmaceutical companies, even as economic and sexual scandals continue to emerge that involve both politicians and prelates. On the day on which the church celebrates the feast of the most sacred, Jesus, uh, sacred heart of Jesus, and also the birth of St. John the Baptist, who leapt in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth. The Lord has des desired uh, to grant the United States of America the possibility of redeeming itself, ensuring that its man-made laws are coherent with the natural law impressed by the Creator in the heart of every person. And this is the essential basis that is necessary for a nation to be blessed by heaven, one nation under God. In closing, I hope that the American people will know how to treasure this historic opportunity and that they will understand that there cannot be justice anywhere the right to abortion is recognized. There cannot be peace and prosperity in a society that massacres its own children and there cannot be liberty wherever license, vice, and pride subvert God's commandments. Signed, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop, former Apostolic Nuncio to the United States of America, June 24th, 2022. 
the most sacred heart of Jesus. That man always hits the mark. I would love to meet him one day. I really would. I'd love to interview him one day. Okay, what else do we have? Well, it's 10 minutes left. I'm not going to be able to read that that Supreme that that uh, Civil War thing. So, <clears throat> I will save that for either I'll probably save that for Friday. Friday I have a guest. Who is the Oh, Friday is is Jay Gulenell. He probably won't want to talk about Civil War. So, I might have to save it for next week cuz I don't know if Chrissy Mayer is going to want to talk about it. And uh, depending on how long we have with our guests on Thursday, I don't know if we're going to be able to get around to it with Rob. But um, this will take a lot more than 50, uh, than 10 minutes. But maybe, maybe I can get through. No, I won't. Frank, you won't. Don't do it. Don't do it. But what if I think I can? Just shut up. Don't do it. I'm going to try. No, Frank, don't do it. So this was a post on 4chan from, don't do it. No, don't, okay, I'm not doing this. It was just better to leave off with Carlo Maria Vigano. We'll talk about Civil War. That's going to be waiting for us when I get back from, from Maryland. Although I might be able to bring this up in Maryland because Timothy, Timothy Poole. <laughs> Tim Poole, I'm going to ask him, is it, is it Timothy? I'm also going to ask him, maybe... Because he never talks about his parents or anything like that. Maybe that's a hot button. I don't, maybe, maybe I don't do that. Don't do it, Frank. Is your mother proud of you, Tim? You know? <laughs> to, what does she think? Because he's, he's, he's done a lot. He's, he's acclaim all over the world. What if I turn it into my interview with Tim? I interview him. It's not going to happen. There's too many other people there. Just saying. I, I will look for open windows to do something. But it'll be friendly. I'll ask him if his real name is Timothy. That's harmless enough, right? All right. Well, here's what we have for our... We have a a badass tonight. And then what we'll do is we'll badass it up. I have great ones for the, the rest of the week, especially Thursday. That's the last day of June. But I have a great one for Thursday. That I think that Rob will, will appreciate. I've been keeping it for a night that he's on. But... Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, what are we going to do? Who is the badass tonight? Do you know who it is? Let's figure it out. That's some badass shit. It's pretty badass. It is indeed a badass night. Who is it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's badass is Margaret Tobin Brown, better known as the unsinkable Molly Brown. Now, on... On Saturday night, we interviewed Mr. Bill Barnes. We were talking about the the Titanic, namely that he, in a past life, as Mr. Thomas Andrews, the Titanic's chief architect, uh, spent a lot of time on the boat, especially as the boat was going down. Um, But Molly Brown, she's another one of Titanic fame. Better known as the unsinkable Molly Brown, a human rights activist and philanthropist who survived the sinking of the Titanic. The daughter of Irish immigrants, Brown spent her youth in Missouri before heading west to Colorado with her brother. It was there that she met her husband, who rose from a common laborer to superintendent of a major gold mine. 
gold mine. By 1894, the mining operation had been a huge success, and Brown soon found herself a member of high society in Denver. She became a founding member of the Denver Women's Club, part of the national network of women's clubs dedicated to improving conditions for women and children, and worked to establish one of the first juvenile courts in the country. While visiting Egypt in 1912, Brown received word of her grandson's illness and traveled to Cherbourg, France. I want to get something from all my French people out there telling me how I got that wrong. Where she boarded the Titanic to return home. During the ship's sinking, she helped command a lifeboat and used her fluency in several languages to assist survivors. She later headed the Survivors Committee. In 1914, following a failed bid five years earlier, Brown unsuccessfully ran a second time for U.S. Senate. That same year, during a coal miners' strike at Ludlow, Colorado, miners had, uh, and their families were attacked by members of the Colorado National Guard and employees of the Colorado Fuel and Iron Company. An estimated two dozen people were killed. Brown, sympathetic to the miners' plight, worked to draw worldwide attention to what became known as the Ludlow Massacre. During World War I, Brown donated her summer home in Newport, Rhode Island to the local chapter of the American Red Cross to support the war effort. Uh, she then traveled overseas to serve as the director for the American Committee for Devastated France. In 1932, she received the French Legion of Honor for her efforts during and after the sinking of the Titanic and her work with children, her work on behalf of minors' rights, and her volunteer work during World War I. Molly Brown once said, it isn't who you are, nor what you have, but what you are that counts. She was remembered for her courage, social activism, and generosity to others. The unsinkable Molly Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it we have for tonight. 8.55 on the East Coast, and I'm going to leave you in the loving arms of all of our wonderful um, engineers, quitefrankly.tv. The nighttime programming is about to begin. It's Mystery Movie Monday, and I don't even know what the mystery is. Let me see if I've gotten a text. Tonight's movie is the real-life documentary about the real future of humanity. That's what I just got from Abe on the network end. As far as what's going to go on tomorrow night, I don't know, 8 to 10. I'll be on with uh, Tim Cast and whoever else is on the show. And then maybe I'll do a little bit of a, uh, a live stream from the hotel room afterwards. In the shower, of course. So be on the lookout for that. 914. I don't know why I'm giving you the number. Never mind. Thank you to everybody on Foxhole. I see Tom Ford, Dr. Dr. Hoffman, Tangerine. They're continuing the cookie fight from before. You guys have been very generous with us all. Wonderful night. Very, very generous. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody on Rumble for sharing your time with me. Thank you to everybody on, quite frankly, superchat.com. Let me make sure I got everybody in. Albert Frederick says, I agree with whomever requested David Weiss as a guest. Sadly, I offered a gardener snake. Is it gardener snake or garter snake? Today with this, with the, oh, I offed a garter snake with a weed whacker today. Shit happens. Got my, quite frankly, stickers for the service trucks today. Pretty awesome. I will send nudes soon, LOL. Great. Put the stickers on your nipples. Sunshine Girl says, are you going to visit Chicken City at Tim Cast Compound? What the hell's Chicken City? I don't know anything that's going on there. I know that he has some drum sets, so I'll definitely sit down behind that. 
Maybe somebody else knows how to play something. Uh, one way males is break a leg. I will be watching. I feel like all my. I feel like I'm. It's about to. I'm, it's like showtime at a. Uh, the Christmas play at elementary school, and all my grandparents and aunts and uncles are like, "Break a leg. We'll be out there." And um, I appreciate it. So pray that I have a nice, safe drive. I will be listening to podcasts and uh, music the whole way down. I don't know what else I'll be doing. I'm going to be taking the uh, the car that the baby usually travels in, so I won't be having a cigar or anything else that's smelly. Um, but uh, it'll be hopefully it's a nice day going down the East Coast. Well, maybe it'll be a nice day after I get past New Jersey. Things usually brighten up there. So, I appreciate you guys and gals. I will check you out on quitefrankly.tv afterwards, hanging out the whole night through. Goodbye, farewell, and thanks again to Rich Barris for being our wonderful guest here tonight. Bye-bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Fishhead Mountain, GG1, Albert Frederick, Sunshine Girl, One Way Mel, MLG, Crow Mage, Shake and Bake, and Shotzi, not to be outdone by Canadian Ass Eaters Association. See you tomorrow. Let this be your motto through life.